we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. All righty, what is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to the best time of the year. Selection show Monday just happened, and you are getting our raw, our live, our initial reaction feedback from what just took place there on ESPN2. So today's episode, the plan is much more unorganized than usual. We're going to just go wherever the wind takes us. We both are pretty heated right now. We got a lot of opinions, a lot of hot takes. And after that, we'll do our Patreon questions that are still being submitted as we are talking right now. So all of our Patreon members and Discord members were able to send us questions for the show. We will answer as many of those as we can today. Um, but before all of this, this podcast is sponsored by the RPI. Uh-huh. I made Dimitri look. <laughs> I was going to say this this podcast is sponsored by the RPI. You know, this might be unorganized and you you probably don't agree with a lot, but you're still going to listen to it just like the committee did with the RPI. You're still going to listen to the RPI. Um but hey, uh on the real like this episode is sponsored by Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. I got my trip booked to Las Vegas for the first weekend of the college baseball season. Well, wait, I'm sorry, College World Series. And uh, I will be staying there with our weekend pick'em series, weekend pick'em series winners, and our survivor contest. Um, and so, if you guys are listening to the show and you're not planning on going to Omaha, but you want to have a good time, come stay at Circa with us. We're going to do podcasts and everything there, and uh, have a grand old time. Uh, it's also sponsored by Yacker Tech and Baseball Cloud. They've been fantastic to us all year, sending us data points, sending us. Uh, analytics and everything. And and then we have some fun summer plans as well. So Baseball Cloud and Yakrotech, you guys go check them out. New, uh, kind of a new wave of analytics so that people that maybe aren't as educated on the whole you know, exit velocity, spin rate, all that stuff, 
uh, they're able to comprehend a little bit easier. So got that all out of the way first. Let's start here, Dimitri. We have a big predicament in the sport of college baseball, and it comes down to three letters. It's the RPI. The RPI, I think, is a good tool to use. Now, you just can't use it for everything. And with the selection committee coming out today and openly saying, hey, the RPI is flawed, but we use it anyways to make all of our important decisions. Like that right there should tell you enough. Like, what what are we doing here with this sport? You're not going to get the most deserving teams or the best teams into this great tournament, the best NCAA tournament there is. And there's just important decisions being made on a, on a tool, uh, on a power index that's giving misinformation in my opinion. So go off about that here, Dimitri. Well, first of all, you said we're just going to go ramp heat. We are just pissed off. I'm excited too because there's a lot of a lot of good that came out of this draw, this bracket. A lot of good storylines that we'll get, we'll cover and stuff. But it's more fun to rant. It's more fun to be mad at somebody. That's how it is. It's just wow. always more fun We've, to be mad. We really switched roles there. Usually, I'm the positive one, and you're the one coming in hot and heavy, and uh, we just switched. So, yeah, thanks for being I the positive. Even, one. I didn't even plan for it because I mean. Yeah, I like the ramp, but I'm really excited about a lot of these things. But anyway, back to the RPI. The RPI is awesome. I love the RPI. It is a really good tool. But for me, the RPI should differentiate your top 100 team versus your 100 through 200. It shows you a good idea of who the good teams are, who the bad teams are. Now, if you want to take the difference between RPI number 40 team and RPI number 50 team, I don't think you can just say, oh, well, one got a 40 RPM one, got a 50. That's where you say, all right, let's dive in a little deeper. Let's, let's, let's analyze these metrics. Let's use the human component to basically look at it. For example, Auburn, what Auburn, the 13th national, the 13th overall seed, Alabama is the 16th. If you go by SEC win aggregate, I think they're tied. If you go head to head, Alabama three and one. So, there's not then if you look at strength of schedule and stuff like that, Auburn got them beat. But overall, Alabama should have been ranked higher because they beat them four, three out of four times. They had more, if not the same, SEC wins. So it's like that's where I think you got to say RPI got us to this point. Now let's open the bag and get a little bit deeper. Same thing. I mean, we can go on and on about UC Irvine. Irvine didn't get in. Arizona got in. Irvine went eight and one against Pac-12. Arizona finished the season with 12 Pac-12 wins in the regular season. Uh, Irvine literally had four less Pac-12 wins, and they're not even in the damn conference. <laughs> exactly. And so they went they went nine and five against um top in the RPI team between 50 and 65. They went nine and five. John Cohen said they needed more exposure to top 50. They had all the exposure they need to the top 50 until the last three weeks. Santa Barbara got swept. Arizona State fell off. Who Irvine swept, by the way. Um, USC, UCLA. UCLA. They, yeah. they they played a lot of top 50 teams. It's just the last two weeks they all dropped. And by the way, the difference between 49 RPI and 65 RPI is almost nothing. Really, it's, it's nothing. nothing. So, so to say it, Irvine didn't get top 50 exposure is bullshit. Yeah. So let me uh, let me go back to the first point I made about how this show is going to be very unorganized. 
usually we're pretty on top of our stuff. Like we'll go lay out like what's going to happen on the show and, you know, go point by point. Today, I really just have a bunch of scribble. I have a bunch of notes on my paper. I'm a pen and paper guy still through and through. But the, I promise you guys we will hit on everything. But some of the key points here first that I want to hit on, I've been rage tweeting nonstop for probably the past 15 hours about not only the RPI, but also the selection committee, right? Like the selection committee is a group of 10 athletic directors that are supposed to be unbiased and they're supposed to make the right decisions and use all of the resources that they're, that they're given to put the best teams in the tournament. Tournament, The most deserving teams is, is, actual, is actually the quote that they use um, in their preseason dialogue. You know, the most deserving teams into the tournament. So um, my first gripe here, actually, let me, let me take one more step back. So I'm going to talk about the selection committee, one, and the biases there. Two, how the RPI is, is not everything. Like, it should not be everything, and how head-to-head should matter, and how you should look at a whole season, like a whole body of work for a season rather than like the last week of the season. Um, and, and then also just about like another gripe that I have is how we can't even get straight answers to why things are, why decisions are being made. Everybody is like, we interviewed John Cohen at the end of the selection show and he is not answering anything. Like he is. Let me interject real quick. Okay. John Cohen had a tough job. He is in a I right. credit. Yeah. He is in a shitty spot because no matter what he does, someone is going to be angry. So I will say we are going to try to be a neutral and because and we can't just badger on John Cohen because he took this role knowing he's almost a lose lose situation. Mm-hmm. Just okay. to be clear, there's plenty of things he's getting wrong, but he can't get everything right. Yeah, it is a lose lose situation for him. Uh, I have been. Tweeting bad things, not bad things, but (laughs) disagreements. Yeah, critical things uh, about him. And I know he's in a tough spot. And you know what? Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and and talk about my first point here. The the selection committee as a whole. They they don't have time to watch probably probably watch a 20th of the games that we watch and the guys at D1 baseball, baseball America, um, all of these different media sites. They probably watch one to two games a weekend. Right. And because they're busy guys, like they're making high six figures, maybe seven figures to direct the whole athletic department. And usually football comes first or basketball uh, and then just important decisions that they need to make. So when they all gather in Indianapolis uh, on, on May, what is today? May 29th or May 28th is when they got there. And they have these these meetings. One, they might not all be familiar with each other. And like two, they probably haven't watched much college baseball. So they're given sheets of paper um, to look over that has every metric possible, um, compare, probably some blind resumes, some comparisons, things like that. And their job is to structure a 64-team tournament with certain guidelines that have to be met. You know, one of the guidelines is no two conferences can be in the same regional. You have to have all 30 uh, conference champions in this field of 64. Uh, you have to try to make it as geographically as possible, um, it, as geographically friendly as possible. So you don't have to spend a bunch of money on flights and things like that. So like they do have a very tough job, but at the end of the day, what we saw here once again, 
and it happens, I feel like every year, is a lot of handshake deals, a lot of biases. And, um, you know, just I don't want to say corruption because it's not. At the end of the day, it's just college baseball. Um, so I don't think corruption is the right word. But I don't think we got the, the best available bracket that could have been made. And, and that upsets me. At the same time, though, the, the positive side is that this tournament is as unpredictable as possible. Um, you could see a three seed go and win it all like Ole Miss did it last year. You could see a four seed get to a super regional. Just because you're a one seed or just because you're the last team in doesn't mean you're playing at any disadvantage. So that is a positive note when it comes to the NCAA baseball tournament. I, I do get a little upset, though, at teams like Arizona that get into the tournament, right? Dude, an SEC team that go 12 and 18 doesn't even fucking get in. They Everybody wrote off Missouri and, and Georgia – um, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, once they weren't able to get to that 14-win threshold in the toughest conference possible. Wrote them off. 0% chance. We deleted them from our RPI spreadsheet. They, there was a 0% chance they were getting in. Arizona, on the other hand, they played one good week of baseball where they made the championship game in the Pac-12. But during the regular season, they lost 18 games in the Pac-12. And that's a conference with Cal and with Utah, uh, Washington State, Arizona State, like won 16 games, and I never even considered putting them in. It's it's crazy to me how every year we can see some cherry picking going on, and uh, we see head to head not matter. And at the end of the day, head to head should be number one. It should be ahead of the RPI. For example. Kansas State sweeps Oklahoma. Kansas State has a better conference record. They won more games. They went deeper into the Big 12 tournament than Oklahoma. But since Oklahoma had a 39 next to their name, or sorry, a 40, I think they had 39. a 40, 39 next to their name, and Kansas State had a 54, they, they, they put Oklahoma in over Kansas State, even though Kansas State swept, swept them. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's cherry picking to me. Like that is when it becomes bias and, and handshake deals. Things like that, money, money issues. Like I know Oklahoma has a bigger fan base than Kansas State. Um, you know, I know Arizona has a bigger fan base than UC Irvine. I th- and same thing last year. Arizona, I mean, sorry, Ole Miss got in because they had one of the biggest fan bases in the country. They want eyeballs on the tournament. They want more money being generated. Want more fans traveling. Um, and I do have a problem with that. Even though I am like a business guy, like I do want more money put into the sport. I, I have an issue with these 18 to 22 year old kids getting left out of a tournament when they played 60 plus games over a season and all that the committee is looking at is the last seven. Well, speaking of that, you brought up body of work and stuff. I'm really happy South Carolina got a hosting bid. They deserved it 1000% because if they would have had their rough streak in February and then got hot, Everyone would have been like, oh, my God, South Carolina still look good, like Clemson. They're right. getting the Clemson treatment. So South Carolina 1,000% deserved the host. Um, but going back to the Kansas State, Oklahoma, the difference between Oklahoma and Kansas State is 100 RPI points. If you could literally sweep a series against somebody one weekend, and, and they, would, they would be in front of Oklahoma. So the difference is literally two or three games. At yeah. The- 
the difference it, between Oklahoma and Kansas State, and Kansas State had the better Big 12 record. They beat them head-to-head. They didn't just beat them. They swept them. Um, Kansas so, State plays at a diff- disadvantage, though, because when it comes to midweek games, scheduling those, you only have a certain amount of Division One baseball teams within, let's call it a three-hour drive from Manhattan, Kansas, versus Norman, Oklahoma. Um, and the team's... Like Oklahoma can go play anybody from Texas, meet them halfway in Arlington, like they did in midweek games, and that's going to help their RPI. Or, or, right. yeah, they, yeah, I mean, can Kansas State's literally biggest in-state rival is Kansas, who hurts their RPI. Yes, Oklahoma gets to play Oklahoma State. They get to play Oral Roberts, who's by far a better team than Kansas. So mm. it's, it's unfortunate the geographical part of it. Um, well, that's what West Coast teams. West Coast teams got hurt a lot on that too. Um, it, I mean, the RPI is. But they don't have really the same excuse. They've got teams all over the place they can play that are good. No, I know, but all of those teams are like, if you're not in the top 100, you're in like the 250 to 300 range over there. You get the Bakersfield, like Cal State Bakersfields and the uh, Cal, Cal State Northridge, not Northridge, I'm sorry, River Riverside. It's because um, those teams don't get to play all these intertwined with all these teams in the Southeast. Like mm-hmm. Campbell played Wilmington. They play East Carolina. East Carolina also goes and plays all these other strong teams in the Southeast. The South, mm-hmm. it's just huge intertwined where UCLA plays, for example, Santa Clara, Loyola Marymount, who are still a good baseball team. Like they would compete, you know, in the SoCon and the Southland and the horizon in the they would they would probably be competing for championship year in and year out mm-hmm. so it's it's, it's it's unfortunate but i don't want to sit here and just badger yeah let's it. get let's get back to the meat of it so um the point number one i was mad at was was arizona getting in um two was oklahoma getting in over kansas state uh when kansas state beat texas tech two out of three which was you know rpi 40 they beat oklahoma two out of th- or they swept oklahoma which was 39 and then they beat UC Irvine, which I guess technically doesn't matter anymore because they're not in the tournament. But Kansas State did take two out of three from UC Irvine, too. Um, the, the third point that I'm upset about, and this was yesterday, was how the committee picked 15 of the top 16 RPI teams to host, which is great. Uh, I mean, when it comes down to it and you look at it, you're like, wow, like those probably are like this, the 15 to 16 best teams in the country. But if you're going to go strictly off of RPI and put a team like Indiana State in the, the tournament, who was two and nine against Quadrant One, um, and you put in South Carolina, you put in Kentucky, even though South Carolina and Kentucky struggled down the stretch, it tells me you're looking at RPI first. That's fine. Be consistent. But when you have a Campbell team who made sure they scheduled hard non-conference opponents and they won their conference regular season, they won their conference tournament, they, they, they've won so many games this year, and they were great last year too. And you, you take a regional from them, and it just happens to fall to the Auburn Tigers, who, whose AD, John Cohen, is the chairman of the committee. So the top person out of those 10 committee members. And, he just, I mean, and he's just given a regional, even though they lose. I don't, I don't want to get into it, because like, obviously I still think Auburn – was on the bubble to host. It's not that egregious to say Auburn was not going to be a host. Uh, I, but what I, I would rather have seen that go to a Campbell 
I would have rather seen that go to even a Southern Miss who won the Sun Belt the yeah. fifth, fifth hardest conference, won the tournament there. I felt like they did enough out of conference as well. Um, and I mean, that's what it is. But hey, I have a uh, suggestion for the to kind of organize ourselves a little bit here. For the for the for the foreseeable future, should we just go uh, regional by regional and discuss everything in 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 between? Yeah, between we are the- we are going to go regional by regional. I was just laying out the three points why I was so heated. Oh um, yeah, no, they're first. all very valid, very valid and, reasons. And and you know what? You know what? The thing that kind of put the cherry on top for me, like why I was mad about Auburn hosting a regional, was that they were put at the thirteen regional versus the sixteen. And I know we, you talked you talked about it with Alabama beating them three out of four and all this stuff, but that was like I felt like that was a way for John Cohen to be like, look, like we didn't take a regional from Campbell, we're the thirteen, like we have Auburn at thirteen, um, so it's not us. Like if anything, it's Alabama, our rival. Alabama, like they they took the regional from Campbell or Southern Miss, and I thought it was a way for him to cover himself and obviously not have to be matched up with Wake Forest in a super regional. Um, even though Clemson's tough as well for Auburn, but anyways, I mean this this is what this is what college baseball is all about. It's unpredictable. There is no such thing as a college baseball expert bracketologist. There's no Joe Lenardi because each year it's different, and we don't get updates throughout the the season from the committee, so we don't know what metrics they're going to look at. And at the end of the day, we're working with a broken system with the RPI. And but I love it. I mean, I know you love it too, Dimitri. And a lot of people love it. They love the unorganization of it. They love the spontaneous, you know, like oh wow, Arizona just got in. Um, they love that stuff, and and I do too. So we're not going to harp on it. We got all of our negative energy out early. Thank you for sticking with us for twenty minutes. Let's dive right into regional number one, where we have the number one team in the country, and in, in, in my opinion, by far, the Wake Forest the Demon Deacons, lowest ERA as a team by like like 0.8 or 0.9 runs, better than the next best. They have an explosive offense, and they put up a Tennessee-like, a Tennessee 2022-like year. What are they, 47-10 and 10 this year? 47-10, and 10, didn't lose a series all year, didn't lose back-to-back game once all year. That That's nuts to me. Um and so, I mean, that was that was the only thing set in stone that should have happened was like Wake Forest number one. If anything else, like that's crazy. Um, they get Honestly, matched. Up. Oh, go ahead. From a non-less serious perspective, I'm pissed off on Wake Forest because then this probably means you're not winning the national championship. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, no number one seed. Or sorry, no number one overall seed has won it since 1999, the Miami Hurricanes. And Tennessee was probably almost a slam dunk to be like, okay, this team's going to do it. It, It's it's, it's too hard. It is so hard. Mm -hmm. And and Wake Forest didn't get much, they didn't get very many favors when it came to, when it came to the regional, because at the number two seed here, they get the big 10 champ who didn't lose a series a Big Ten series all year, who won the Big Ten championship swept or tournament swept all the way through it, and then so they they get Maryland as the two seed, which is a damn good team. Last year Maryland hosted like number one seed Maryland hosted number two seed Wake Forest, 
So there is some postseason familiarity between the two teams. And then you get Northeastern as a three seed, which um, this year, what are they, eight and one against quad one teams? Northeastern was eight and four against quad one team. Mm-hmm. And and so Northeastern is a really solid three seed there. Um, and then, of course, they get George, uh, sorry, George Mason as the four seed. And I think George Mason is probably a bottom four team, like talent-wise, in the tournament. Um, but they did go and win. Well. They're playing well. They won the A-10. They're, they get decent recruits. Uh, so, obviously, I think Wake Forest is not going to struggle with George Mason. But the winner of that Maryland versus Northeastern game, I think, could hang in there because of pitching. Um, speaking of Northeastern, this team swept Indiana State. Yeah, they did. weekend of the year. Um, this Northeastern team is good. Maryland, if literally, if Maryland wins that series that, in Ole Miss and grab another win every somewhere, they could be hosting. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, and here's another thing. Northeastern, Northeastern beat Maryland earlier this year. Um, actually May 12th, uh, sorry, May 9th, just a few weeks ago, nine to two. And, uh, so that shows you how dangerous of a three seed Northeastern is. And I, this I don't is know. not a number one national seed type of regional. Yeah. I, I would have, I, I mean, I guess technically they avoided an sec team. They avoided PAC 12, big 12 Sunbelt, yeah. but like the, the big 10 champs is that's we've seen ten, in recent history. Yeah. It ain't no slouch. This reminds me a lot of Nebraska in 2021. They were Big Ten champs. They were going to Arkansas and gave Arkansas a run for their money. You remember that? Yeah. So that, that that's the number one overall regional there. It's paired up with the Alabama regional at 16. And I, I mean, we talked about it. Alabama, they're playing great baseball ever since, you know, they're, they're Coach got fired for gambling allegations and stuff like that. Since then, they've turned it around and been one of the hottest teams in the SEC. And they get a uh, an interesting draw here. Boston College makes the trip down there. People thought Boston College was like, you know, on the fringe a of hosting fringe a regional, host. yeah, a regional host. And they they only lost like maybe one or two. I know they got swept by Louisville, but other than that, they played really really well in the ACC. And and won a lot of big ACC series, so Boston College is the two seed there, going down south to Tuscaloosa, and then you get Troy, who was one of the last four teams in, according to the graphic. Which is weird. Which is weird how one of the last four teams in is going to statistically the worst regional, the sixteen regional. Usually, you'll see those teams at the national seed, like somewhere in the national seed standpoint. But um, even then, I was surprised that Troy was one of the last four in, considering some of these other teams that feel mm-hmm. like, whoa. Right. Um, and then Nickel State is the four seed. We saw them beat LSU in a midweek earlier this year. They have a really good Friday night guy as well. And I think this regional is up for grabs. I could see a, a Troy getting out of it, led by Shane Lewis. Uh, I mean, they played... Uh, a tough conference. Uh, the Sun Belt this year was a gauntlet, and they survived through it, finishing tied for second I or third think, place. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I really, I think Alabama gets out of this region. We'll obviously make our predictions on Wednesday, but 
I, I totally can see Boston College or Troy winning this regional as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Alabama plays like the way they did in Hoover, no chance. Yeah. Um, here's here's something else to think about. So 2021, number one overall seed, Arkansas. They lose in the Super Regionals to a two seed coming from that 16 bracket. And it was uh, Notre Dame. No, uh, NC State. NC State. I'm, I got mixed up there. I forgot if I was talking about 21 or 22. Yeah, Arkansas loses to NC State. And people were like, wow, a two-seed ACC team goes and beats the number one overall seed. Last year, Tennessee, they get through their regional and then have to play a two-seed ACC team coming from the Statesboro Regional, 16 overall. And uh, that was Notre Dame. And they Notre Dame beat Tennessee two out of three. This year, we get a two-seed ACC team in that 16 overall regional. So it's an ACC team at the one seed. Yeah. That's the only difference. We don't see an SEC number one overall seed, which would have been even better. I I mean, I wish it would have kind of worked out that way, but I don't know. I mean, if history says it like Boston college has a good chance to get to Omaha two seed ACC team and that 16 regional, uh, that's something to keep an eye on. And I think I think they're getting Honeyman back, they're, or he's back now. So mm-hmm. they're going to be a near full strength. And they were hurt for the past couple of weeks, so right. That is not a Boston College team you want to sleep on. Yep. Uh, all right, let's go straight down the bracket here. We got Miami as the nine overall seed. One of the toughest, I think, in one of the toughest regionals. I think it potentially could be one of the toughest. I also think potentially it could be one of the weakest. Uh, it depends on how these teams are playing, but they're matched up. The two seed there, Texas, who tied for the Big 12 championship with Oklahoma State um, and with West Virginia. Texas can be a really good team. They're getting healthy as well. They're starting to get some of their pitching back, and uh, the rotation's pretty deep. I like Texas's rotation. Now, they have been – they've lost – they lost both games in the Big 12 tournament. So 0-2, get out of there. That hurt their case for a regional hosting spot. In fact, I think it and, lost and them. It hurt momentum and mojo. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, when you play like that and your offense just disappears in your conference tournament, usually it carries over to the regional. Exactly. And uh, so they're matched. Texas is matched up with the Raging Cajuns, which was one of the last four teams in. And they were playing really good baseball down the stretch. They they are one of the best head coaches in the country. Matt Deggs, he always gets the boys ready to go in May. The water hose boys. June, the water hose boys almost won the Sunbelt Tournament Championship to clinch that automatic qualifier. People were looking at it like, wow, they went from 65 to 46 in the RPI in a week. Like they're playing great baseball. They beat Coastal Carolina twice. This is, you know, people, but like people were saying, but with all these stolen bids going around, are they going to get into the tournament? And if you're Louisiana, now that you're in, it's like, let's, let's unhook the chains and let's go. Like, let's get after it. We got nothing to lose. We're in this tournament similar to what, similar to what Ole Miss did last year. And Ole Miss was in this Miami regional last year. So maybe some, something to look at there. Storyline coach Deggs took Sam Houston state in 2017 to a super regional. Uh, This, this Louisiana team looks similar there. And uh, I don't know. I think that's a dark horse to look at. And hey, let me just go ahead and say it. I last night I was a very big proponent for UC Irvine to get in and Kansas State to get in over Louisiana. 
doesn't mean I'm not happy. I am absolutely 100% happy. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I called you out. We, we were almost yelling at each other last night. And I, uh, I was like, I Louisiana was is getting in. And you're like, no, it's going to be Irvine. So I was wrong. Hey, I'm fine with being wrong. It happened. Like, I'm totally fine with being wrong. I am super happy that Louisiana got in and they're going to a regional. Obviously, to my Miami Hurricanes regional, but I think Louis, I'm going to give Louisiana the second best chance to win this regional. I, I agree with that. I think that they um, could come out on Friday and compete with Texas. In fact, dude, I going based me, off of history, like Miami, I don't know if Miami don't play, is, We don't play good in regional. Yeah. I would, I would almost rank this Texas 1, Louisiana 2, Miami 3. Like no, until Miami, if Miami played anything like they did in the ACC tournament in the past couple of weeks, this team will win this regional. Not even a question. I but mean, last year was a good example. They they didn't play well in the regional. But they but they but they were similar. They're pitching. I've been I've been critical about their pitching all year. That offense can compete with anybody in the country. Right. Their pitching has been unbelievable the past couple of weeks. They were they had the lead against Clemson. They were pitching great, and then the buzzsaw came, and Clemson just took them by storm to win mm-hmm. that ACC title game yesterday. But I really do think if Miami can pitch it. They're going to win the regional pretty easily if right. they can pitch it. Yeah, overall talent-wise, Miami's the best. But it'll be a fun regional watch. And, and yeah. then the fourth seed, I haven't even said yet, Maine, who – I watched Maine play Binghamton middle of April. I was bored. They were playing an afternoon game on Friday. It was the only game on ESPN+. And Maine actually has some athletes. Not saying that they're going to do damage in this regional. Uh, I'm not saying that – they're even close to as good as Miami or Texas or, or Louisiana. But as far as like a four seed goes to like maybe look at winning a game in a regional, I could see them being fired up and sneaking a game maybe in that loser's bracket after Louisiana or Texas loses a heartbreaker. Um, they are sneaky good. And the coolest thing about this is Maine and Miami have the same logos. It's that old English M. One is blue, one, one is, is uglier than the other, and you know my answer. <laughs> yeah, okay. But they have the same little old English M. Little baseball so, logo. Yeah, and uh, so that that's something to keep you know in the back right. of your mind. Anyways, let's just move on. And so that regional here is paired up with the number eight overall seed, the the Stanford Cardinal, and that this would kind of surprise me. I thought the way Stanford played down the stretch. They played their way out of a national seed. This might be the committee just throwing the West Coast a bone, saying, like, we want you to host a super regional if you get there. Which is weird again. They said they were going by the RPI. Miami yeah. were three spots in front of them in the RPI. Miami had more quad one win. Miami yeah. had a higher strength of schedule. Like, I just don't understand. How can you flip-flop on these things? Stick with your guns if you're going to stick with a metric. Stick it's, with it. It's cherry-picking, I'm telling you. And uh, anyways, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, Stanford, I think, has a... It does matter. Miami, they win. <laughs> they got to go to freaking Palo Alto. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. And, like, uh, they got to fly across the damn country. I don't think Stanford's getting out of this regional, though. I really don't. Except... Let's, let's get into it. So they the first game here, they play against the four seed, which is San Jose State. And San Jose State is a very good baseball team. They uh, maybe maybe not very good, 
but as far as like mid-majors go that people don't know about, San Jose State is dangerous. I, I could honestly see San Jose State coming out of this regional um, if I had to pick like one or two four seeds that could win the regional. Let me, I need to bring up a point that just for before I forget. When you're looking at your regional, your favorite teams, and looking around the regional, making your betting picks, all that stuff, do not let uh, four seed quad one records fool you. They might be one in five, like San Jose State is one in five, for example. But don't forget, most of their quad one win are games are midweeks as well. So they yeah, have midweeks. guys in there too. So when you look at a team like, for example, San Jose State, one in five, quad one, those most of the time, those are midweek. I mean, um, they got swept by, let's see, Washington. Um, who are their other top 50 teams? Washington. Um, I mean, in Texas. They got a win at Texas, and then they got their doors blown off the last two games. So this team mm-hmm. did win a game on the road in Austin. Um, but most of, I'm impressed. Most of their quad one games are actually weekend series. So mm-hmm. bad example with San Jose State. But in general, don't let that fool you. It, because they're playing midweek too, so their number four starter does not will rarely match up with a uh, um, power five team's number one. So if yeah. you're looking on Monday, then yeah, you want to see their quad how they did in midweek. But overall, don't let it fool you because they they can still be really good teams even though they only have one quad one win. Right, example. and and they beat Texas on Friday night. That was the game I watched them play, and I was impressed. I mean, they're California school. What people forget is. Like I know California schools don't really match up well in the RPI and they don't get a lot of national exposure, but the talent pool that they're choosing from, like if you're a division one player in California, come out of California year in and year out all the time, all the time. And like, if you're, if you live in California and you go to like play baseball at a division one school, it means you were a really good high school player and probably played on a pretty high travel ball team just because of the amount of players out there. So don't sleep on teams like San Jose State and Santa Clara that play in these West Coast conferences you haven't heard about. They have good teams. Um, Speaking of Santa Clara, we'll get to them later. Yes, we will. Um, but anyway, so the two seed here in the uh, in the Stanford Regional is Texas A&M. I, I love this. I think Texas A&M is a great fit there. They're a team that isn't – like Texas A&M to me is a team that doesn't need – like a huge crowd behind them. They don't need to have home field advantage. Um, they kind of would, in my opinion, thrive in a sunken diamond type uh, regional host because a little bit quieter there, um, you know, under the lights. But the, like Texas A&M has a team full of just like gritty players that, you know, don't wow, they, they don't wow you with any kind of tools. That, like they're not showboating. They're not doing these things that need attention. They just like nose to the ground, like let's play baseball, like let's go. A typical Jim Schlossnagel team, and I think that this is a, a very favorable regional for them, especially with Cal State Fullerton as the three seed. Now we both love Fullerton, and it's more of a like we love the brand of Cal State Fullerton, and we watch their games all the time because of like our childhood and what we saw in postseason baseball growing up. And, you know, Fullerton played a pretty tough schedule this year, and they won some games. They won the Big West. Well, I guess they they got the automatic qualifier from the Big West because UC San Diego wasn't eligible. Uh, but, you know, they went through the whole the whole conference schedule and, and won a bunch of games. The only issue with Fullerton right now is 
they seem to have lost their identity. They lost a lot of games down the stretch. They weren't playing the same style of baseball. They couldn't and, win the close game. Yeah, and they couldn't win the close games. And when you're facing a team like Texas A&M who just played in the SEC championship game, that's a tough first-round draw. So there's that. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of Fullerton in the postseason. Their past couple of weeks, they limped their way through. And we mm-hmm. both know when teams limp to the finish line – they're usually barbecue in the regional. Exactly. And uh, I, I do think Texas A&M will probably be the favorite when like Vegas comes out with the odds to win this regional. But No way. Stanford will be the favorite. I don't know, man. I don't think I don't think you'll get plus money on. Did you know Stanford had a newcomer, a transfer, come in to win the Pac-12 Player of the Year? He's a transfer. Was it Bowser? Or it was a young sophomore. Maybe he was a freshman last year. He didn't. Playing. He didn't. Yeah, that's what it was. He just didn't play much. Rios. Mm-hmm. He didn't play much. He wasn't a Bowser. He wasn't one of the their dudes. He was a nobody last year, and he won Pac-12 Player of the Year. So don't sleep on Stanford. This team is really good still. Well, the the point I was going to make about like how Stanford could win this regional is remember last year. Every time their back was against the wall, they responded and took the lead. Texas State had them dead. In the ninth inning. And you saw what they did to Fullerton opening weekend. Yeah, Fullerton the same way. They scored seven in the ninth to, to take opening day or whatever it was. Um, they did it against UConn in the Super Regionals. Every time you thought Stanford was dead, they just like casually popped back and, and, and put up a four spot with three solo home runs. Like, yeah, so. it, it's a talented team there. And uh, I don't know. That'll be fun because I think it's going to be really our only late night. It is our only late night regional. So – Usually 10 p.m. rolls around. Honestly, it's kind of like one of my least favorite regionals. Yeah, I don't know why. It doesn't give you the. It just doesn't give you the it. Well, the the thing that will give you the it factor is at 10 p.m. It'll be the only game on. Usually, we'll see a UCLA game or an Arizona game. Someone out west, Oregon State, Oregon. Usually there's two games going on, maybe three at 10 p.m. on Friday night. This will be the only one, so there'll be a lot of eyeballs on this series. Yep. All right, let's move down to the bottom bracket here. We'll start with the uh, five overall seed, LSU. I thought Vanderbilt should have been rewarded the five overall seed for winning the SEC tournament and having a pretty – actually a very similar – a very similar metrics um, than LSU. Like they were very similar – across the board but you know lsu got it they were the number one team in the country for a long time it, it really just doesn't matter but the hey, difference between five and six listen to this lsu and vanderbilt both had 19 sec win 19 and 10 for lsu 1911 for vandy vandy had the number five strength schedule lsu 13 vandy had the number 55 non-conference strength schedule lsu 53 vandy 21 and 14 quad one lsu went 17 and 12. So looking at this, the only thing that LSU had them really beat on is non-conference RPI. LSU was four, Bandy was 39, and that's why there's a difference between seven and five. But Bandy, if you look all everything together, Bandy had the better resume to be that, yeah. to be that five seed. Well, and Vandy has the uh, the SEC tournament championship. Exactly. So, But anyways, it doesn't matter. So LSU comes in, and, and they have Tulane as their four seed. Very close to each other. I think they're 80 miles from each other, from New Orleans. That's that geographical place. benefit right yes. there. I thought Nichols State would get there, but 
you know, it doesn't matter. Tulane, Nickel State, I think either way, LSU has to throw Paul Skeens on Friday because Tulane's just playing too good offensively right now. You can't take that risk of not throwing Skeens and losing game one to a team that put up a bunch of runs against ECU and, um, you know, fought their way through the American Conference tournament. You don't think Thatcher Hurd can handle Tulane? I do. I think Paul Skeens starts against Oregon State if they or whoever, Sam Houston in game two. I think you know what. Now that I'm thinking about it, I do trust Thatcher Hurd. Now he's he's showed a lot the last two weeks, and I, I think if I'm LSU, I throw off. And if it comes back to bite you, like so what? You got Paul Skeens in an elimination game, get you back on track, and then it's just a dogfight from there. I would take that risk if I was them. Now, um, I, I guess you spoiled the number two seed here. Oregon State comes from out west. They they soiled themselves down the stretch. They were. 18 and 12 in the in the Pac 12. And then they played that last weekend series against Western Carolina, which tanked their RPI. Uh, because Western Carolina was like 258 RPI out of 302. Hey, Oregon State RPI. Oregon State. I mean, they've been hovering around 27 and 30 all year. I think they were 27 or 26 going into that last weekend series. And then they dropped, even though they won the games. Um, against Western, they dropped, and then they lost both games in the Pac-12 tournament. So that dropped them even further. So they went from a French host to to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is tough. That's a tough draw. Now, obviously, they are a really good team. Oregon State every year is going to have a dangerous bunch. I think this is a going to be a test for LSU. And then you look at the three seed, Sam Houston, who lost one game in the WAC tournament. They and they lost the whack to Grand Canyon regular season that last weekend series, but the way that they're swinging the bats, the way Sam Houston swinging the bats, they were up like 18 to nothing on Utah Valley in the championship game after three innings. Um, they also were down seven to nothing in game one of the whack championship and came back to smoke them there like 13 to seven. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see a threat for Tulane or Sam Houston to win this regional. I still think LSU's, going to be the heavy favorite here but oregon yep. state is a it's a tough draw for the uh for the tigers yeah I, and I agree so this one's matched up with another sec team so if if lsu wins their super regional uh they'd be matched up with kentucky if they won their super regional usually the committee doesn't do it i know they did it in 2019 where they matched up a bunch of sec teams um in in supers but kentucky has ball state as the four seed Really good team out of the MAC. They have West Virginia, who tied for the Big 12 championship. I know they have struggled the last five games, but overall, West Virginia had a really good season. And then Indiana, who was only like a game back of Maryland in the uh, Big 10 regular season. I think Kentucky gets a, a low key tough draw here. It is a very tough draw. Don't forget, Ball State is coming out of the MAC. Ken State won that conference by five games, absolutely slaughterhouse mm-hmm. ball state the last weekend of the regular season. I think they put up, yeah, they went 29, 11, 14, three to 11 to five. So Kent state not getting in and ball state getting in feels so wrong to me, but that's what the automatic bid is. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love it. So um, ball state is not, this is not their strongest team they've had in the past couple of years. I thought last year's team would be much better. You, I saw where I saw where Sam Bachman. Remember him from twenty twenty one. He made his major league debut. Really? From, yeah, from Ball State, flamethrower. Wow. 
He was throwing like a hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Ball State, the strong team, not their strongest team in the past couple of years. Um, Central Michigan was always in their way every year. Yep. Every Michigan year. In their way. Mm-hmm. And of course, the one year Central Michigan not in their way, they win that championship game. Um, so tough, tough break for Kent State. They were so close. They were one of the last four out or first four out. Um, but I do think Ball State is really going to push Kentucky button Friday night. I think so, too. It, it reminds me a lot of 2021 when Wright State went to Tennessee. And, you know, Wright State, very similar program to Ball State. Really scrappy team. They're very athletic, fast. Ball State um, can pitch. Yeah, Ball State. I mean, so, so could Wright State back then. But, you know, Wright State gave Tennessee everything they could handle in 2021 until uh, Drew Gilbert's walk-off Grand Slam. I think this could be like a similar regional there where Ball State could have a lead early and Kentucky, not the greatest offense, might have to put up a crooked number late to win it. Uh, but here's here's something I'm interested in. West Virginia and Indiana are two teams that I think have great head coaches uh, with Mercer and, and Maisie. I think both teams are junkyard dogs. Both teams like get after it. Um, and at the end of the day, like Indiana, pretty experienced when, in postseason play. West Virginia hosts a regional 2019. Like they're not out of the out of the loop when it comes to postseason play. But you look at both of these teams and you're like, wow, like I I don't know how much better Kentucky is than Indiana. I don't know how much better uh, Kentucky is than West Virginia. So I think this has potential to be the most like crazy wide open regional um, from these four teams. They're all yeah. they're all wild cards, really. Yeah, I mean, I think Indiana could easily be one of the one of the three seeds, the highest chance to win the regional. Yeah, I um, do too. Especially since the way Indiana, like West Virginia has been playing, and Indiana can. Re- I think Indiana can really match up well um, with Kentucky. So if they can get through West Virginia, based on how West Virginia's been playing lately, Indiana could be in a super regional at the at Alex Box. Right. Um, all right. Now let's move down to the 13 overall seed here, the Auburn Tigers. And I'm pissed at Auburn's regional because I think overall this is the weakest regional. You get, in my opinion, the weakest one seed with Auburn. I know they're at 13, but you get the weakest one seed there. You get Penn, which is an Ivy League team. I know they played South Carolina close earlier in the year. But at the end of the day, the Ivy League does not have the resources. They do not have the recruiting ability. They don't have the like. They don't have the same things that a lot of even like mid-major conferences have. They play a weird schedule. Um, it's just different baseball in the Ivy League. And so you get Penn coming from the Ivy League. Like they have a good record, but competition's not great. And then you get Samford as a three seed coming from the SoCon. I think Samford's a good team. I, but not three seed material at all. Um, I've seen them play in person this year. They have a good Friday night guy who's like mid nineties, but other than that, like they, they don't have any superstars offensively. And it would have been nice if they would have had Colton Ledbetter this year, but anybody that's good at Samford gets, enters the transfer portal and goes to, goes to Auburn anyways. Happened with Sonny Deshera and this Stanford uh, team could have Colton Ledbetter on their team. Yeah, and, and remember, uh, Sonny Deshera, SEC Player of the Year last year, yeah. came from Stanford. So is like Auburn using Stanford as like a recruiting tool again? 
like, hey, Sanford, like all your good players, you might want to come transfer here after the year. Uh, that's a little inside joke. But anyways, and then you have Southern Miss as the two seed, which I think Southern Miss should have like possibly hosted. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, overall, I think, again, committee might have favored Auburn here. I think this is a, a weaker regional. I know Southern Miss is a good team. Actually, I know they're a really good team. But other than like, like Auburn gets to avoid Tanner Hall if they both, like if Southern Miss wins and Auburn wins. I think this is a, a regional that favors Auburn a lot. Yeah. Um, I think Southern Miss is really going to, really going to grind with Auburn. Oh, listen, I'm not saying Southern Miss has no shot to win this regional. I, I actually like Southern Miss's chances to win oh. this regional. I think Auburn. Outside of Southern Miss, Auburn got a pretty good draw. Because they could have easily been the 16th seed. They got the 13th seed. And they get two AQ bit, two teams that are probably not that strong. Like, Sanford yeah. is not a big threat. That's what and, I'm saying. Like, Sanford's RPI is so bad. And, like, they're, they had to have been a three seed because of the stolen bids below them. But how does a, a, an RPI of, like, 70-something get a three seed in the 13 overall regional? I know they're close like geographically, but like Sanford could have gone to Clemson. They could have gone to Florida. There's a, there's yeah, a lot so, of. Um, yeah. I mean, great regional. It's very top heavy. Bottom is not that strong. Like there's plenty of other regional with much like Indiana being a three seed of Kentucky compared to Sanford being a three seed yeah. of Auburn. Like that put is it, a big old difference. Yeah. Put it to you this way. Um, you know, North Carolina is a three seed at, um, Indiana State and yep. Samford is a three seed at Auburn, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh. Um, next. next one here. That, so this, the Auburn Super Regional would match up with the winner of the Clemson Super Regional. This one made no sense for me. I, I don't get how they got these teams. Clemson is playing Lipscomb in the first game. Lipscomb just won the regular season A-Sun title and tournament title. And A-Sun's a really good conference. Like, I think the ASUN has some of the better mid-major teams in it when when all healthy, especially like Florida Gulf Coast. So Lipscomb not going to Nashville, but going to Clemson is crazy. Lipscomb has the ASUN pitcher of the year who's second or third place in strikeouts on the season. And Clemson gets matched up with that game one. On the bottom bracket, you get Tennessee as your two seed. I, I mean, Tennessee to me, should have been sent over to Indiana State, or they should have been sent to. I don't. I mean, I guess really Indiana State's like the only option, but Tennessee's the best two seed in this tournament when they're playing their best. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, um, Charlotte is not a bad three seed, similar with Samford, but I think Charlotte is stronger than Samford. Top to yes. bottom. Yes. Um, yes. Tennessee. So Clemson Hey, if Tennessee plays like they can play at home in this at Clemson, Tennessee, dude, I'm I, I'm feel bad for Clemson. They got a tough draw for for being the number four, four national seed and winning 16 straight games, like 25 of their last 28 games. They got they got hosed because Lipscomb's a really good four seed. Charlotte's hot and can hit the crap out of the ball. Tennessee, uh, three first round draft picks on the mound, and and a pretty good offense coming from the SEC. Tennessee should have been sent to Indiana State. I'm sorry. Or they, they should have been somewhere other than the four overall national seed. 
Absolutely. Uh, Clemson got a tough draw for being number four overall seed. I mean, yeah. I mean, Tennessee. Like, yeah. Whatever. It, it, we could we could talk about it all day. You I, I ACC is getting way stronger regional than the SEC, but Kentucky got Kentucky got a tough one, but they're but they're not the number four national seed. Exactly. Um, all right, we got eight of them to go here. Let's go to the other side of the bracket. We get the number two overall seed, the Florida Gators, which I want to say before the season started, I projected Florida to win the national championship and be the number one overall seed on Twitter. And I have receipts. There were dozens of people calling me an idiot saying, I mean, probably close to 50 people commented on this tweet um, about how, how much better LSU was and how Florida sucks and they're not going to do anything this year. Well, guess what? They were the number two overall seed. Won the SEC regular season. I, I wanted to give myself credit there because I'm usually self-deprecating. Give yourself all the credit because it's hard to hit on some of these. Yeah. Um, and the lock of the century was putting Florida A&M at the Florida Regional. It, everything matched up perfectly there. Florida A&M won the SWAC. Exciting team. We played against them probably four times a year when we were at Mercer. And... You know, it was a good story, but Florida could really throw any pitcher and beat Florida A&M. Like, they don't have to throw Sprout or Waldrip or Caglione. You can you can throw it. You can pretty much throw anybody and get past Florida A&M, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, you should. You should be able to. Uh, who knows? I think you go Waldrip against Florida A&M, Sprout against the Texas Tech UConn winner. Yeah, that's probably the Waldrip way Waldrip might be the better – stuff guy, but I think I would trust Brandon Sproat more to give me six strong, two, three runs or less. Waldrop could have a meltdown. Like I I, I think Wal I think you gotta go Sproat game one, Waldrop game two, Caglione to win it. Yeah. It's not bad. Not a bad formula. Uh and you already went ahead and said the the two seed here, Yukon. Oh they, sorry, keep doing that. Yeah, but they, they faltered down the stretch. They lost two games to Xavier and that Big East tournament, um, UConn was a fringe hosting team like up until about two or three weeks ago. I don't think UConn's great, but we I thought that last year and they went to a Super Regional. So maybe they get hot again here in the Regionals. Who knows? They are matched yeah. up with Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech, who knows? This team is a wild card. As a three seed, they could win the whole thing. And I'm saying it because of, of their offense. Not so much of their resume. Uh, I mean, Texas Tech gets great recruits. Tim Tadlock is a is a wizard over there. He's one of the best coaches in the country. And I don't know. We'll see. I think Texas Tech should handle UConn, and then Florida Texas Tech game two would be fun. Yeah, I mean, we saw Texas Tech go to George Statesboro last year at the three seed and looked horrific. They looked. Horrible. Oh, you're right. Thank you for reminding me about that. They looked absolutely terrible last year. In I was. I was at that regional, and Texas Tech could not score runs at all. They no, looked bad so against everybody. I'm really curious to see um, how they perform in this this time around. Um, yeah. UConn. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not a fan of the Big East. I think the Big East and the American Athletic are very similar, just bad baseball conferences with one good team at the top. This yeah. year, Xavier, they had another one in Xavier who won the automatic bid, um, who could have possibly been in that large team. So mm -hmm. Big East had had a decent year, but I still think – I just still don't think they're that strong, and I don't think UConn will compete with Florida at all. 
Right. I think there's a huge difference between UConn as a two seed and Maryland as a two seed. And I did have a little bit of an issue there. I thought if UConn was a two seed, send them to Wake Forest. I just go ahead and send them over there um, because Maryland's much more dangerous than UConn in the grand scheme of things. Yep. All right. So this super regional is matched up with the Columbia regional. South Carolina is the host. They get the Campbell Camels coming in town as the two seed. NC State gets in. People were thinking like they were probably a last four in type of team. They weren't. So their RPI was strong enough. Twenty. I think they finished twenty three. So um, you know a tough RPI three seed. They're another wild card for me. NC State talented. They win some big games, but then they lose games they're supposed to win. And then Central Connecticut State was a question mark for me. Like how does Central Connecticut State go to the 15 seed when RPI wise, they were one of the worst four seeds out there. And, and it wasn't really even a geographical thing. No. Yeah. Not at all. Um, so South Carolina. Okay. But they might've gotten an easy four seed draw, but they got a brutal two and three seed Campbell. A oh, host, yeah. In my opinion, not a fringe host. They are a host team. Mm -hmm. So might as well call it Campbell regional in Columbia. Um, <laughs> Kind of like 2021 when it was Old Dominion's Virginia, regional. Old Dominion, yep. Um, and then NC State, not the greatest season, not the greatest ACC record. RPI was high. That's what got them in. But I think this NC State team is still a, a pretty good team. So, Yeah, they'll Campbell, be fine. If, I think if South Carolina plays like they've been playing, Campbell or NC State could easily come run away with this regional. Right. I, I do think South Carolina should still be the favorite to win it. I think, I think they should be the favorite. Campbell hasn't been playing that great lately. Right. And uh, South Carolina is getting healthier again. They're getting the players back where they need to be. So but they've, been healthy, they've been healthy like two weeks now, so they should hit their stride. This, yeah. this is like there's no more excuses at this point. <laughs> right. Um, next regional here, we got Coastal Carolina in the Conway Regional as the 10 overall seed. They get Ryder as the four seed, which Ryder, like, not terrible as a four seed. Like, they're they're pretty solid. You, you've been on them all year, right? Um, yeah, I, they were my preseason pick to win the, um, to win the eight, what, what is the eight ten? No, no, they're in the, they're in the Mac. Mac the Mac. Uh, hold on, I need a moment. I'm trying not to laugh because I think it's funny every time I say it. <laughs> um, um, I, I'll, 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 I'll take the floor from you here. This regional, I think, is the easiest regional. Correct me if I'm wrong. And, and they do have, uh, they I do have, Co Coastal has a committee member, like their AD is on the committee. And I think they were, I'll just go ahead and say, I think they were gifted a really easy regional. You get Duke, who's not playing good baseball right now. Uh, they faltered down the stretch as the two seed. UNCW, they won the regular season, and they won the They're a good team. They're good. They have, but... What's his name? Banks. Um, what's his name? Um, what's, from their, it's, it's their, Banks. Their their closer. Their starter. Yeah. Closer, closer, closer. Right? Yeah, Banks. He's really good. So, hey, if UNC Wilmington has a lead, you know, after six, he can, they can extend him too, so – that's a, that's a dangerous team in Wilmington. I mean, they beat Northeastern twice in the tournament. Um, they beat yeah. them in the regular season. So Coastal got their hands full with Wilmington. I think Duke, if they turn it on a little bit, that's another really good team. So 
Right. And and I I'll tell you this. It's kind of easier. I think it's on the easier end of all these regional. Uh, so Coastal did get a good draw compared to some of these other regional. Like, like Coastal got a, got a way harder regional than Coastal did. Yeah. This should have been Clemson's regional. I agree. Well, Duke couldn't have gone there. But so at when I went to the CAA tournament on Thursday, I sat with the UNCW coaches and was talking to them about college baseball and all this stuff. And, you know, obviously it was hard to get out a lot of information because they were just focused on their game against Northeastern at the time who was playing after like they were playing Northeastern after the game I was there. And the UNCW coaches kind of hinted at me that they would have loved to go to Coastal's regional. If they could have avoided, oh, really? they could have avoided because it's close for them. It's not too far, maybe two and a half hours. Down the coast. Yeah. Like two, two hours or so. And so it's close forms. Their fan base will travel. Um, and they knew that they were going to avoid probably a all around tough regional with, you know, they're going to get one ACC team or SEC team most likely. And they, they felt comfortable playing on coastals field. So for them to get Duke in the first game and then play coastal, like I think they would take that draw as a three seed, 10 times out of 10 versus getting shipped over to an SEC school or you know, wake for, they were scared about going to wake forest as a three seed or I mean, sorry, Wake Forest is a two seed. They, um, I don't know. I think this regional was very easy compared to what I think Coastal should have gotten. And maybe it's because they have an, a member, uh, their AD on the committee. Who knows? But I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll probably make it up either Friday or Saturday this week to this Coastal regional. I'm not too far from it. Hey, that would be a fun one to go to. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think Coastal should handle business, but. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So this this regional is paired up with the Virginia regional, seven overall national seed, and all in all, like this is a tough regional too. Like this regional is way tougher than Coastal's, and it should be the other way around. Virginia gets a good Army team as the four seed game one, and I think for everybody listening, I think Army is a potential super regional team. They are, dude. They're good. They're experienced. Last year, Southern in Hattiesburg, they yeah put up a fight. They're experienced. They returned a lot of guys from last year's team, and they've been playing good all year. I think Army is a dangerous four seed, and then you get East Carolina as a two, Oklahoma as a three. Everybody knows hey, East Carolina's talented. Everybody knows Oklahoma's I'm gonna talented. Hold on. I'm going to be brutally honest right here. I don't think East Carolina is that good. I don't think they're that good. They had a battle to the wire to win the AAC, which we all know is not a very good conference. Right. They had to go to the wire. They lost to a 19-win two-lane team. I don't care if it's baseball. I don't care if they were hot. You lost to a 19-win two-lane team when you were playing for everything as well. This wasn't some Tuesday night, Wednesday game where you're just trying to save some arms for the weekend. You went all out with all your best guys to win this yeah. championship game. And you lost to a very bad, very bad two-lane team. Um, I think in Oklahoma is not very good this year either. They're not a, that good of a baseball team this year. They had some good wins. Because when you play in a tough conference like that, you're going to run into some serious wins. It's just the way it yeah, is. Yeah, no, I agree You're not going to just get swept and go 0 for 27 in your conference series. You're going to win a couple weekends. So I think Virginia, got honestly, got an easy draw. I, I was going to – I am going to take a 180. Being brutally honest, my hot take. It could be a hot take. Well, so Virginia plays really well at home. 
and they have a very veteran team, a lot of at-bats under their belt, pitching staff they can piece together. Um, but if I'm an ECU Pirates fan, I think this is the easiest path to a super regional that they've ever had. Like if you're ECU, I mean, to, honestly, the easiest path to Omaha. That's what I meant. Not super regional. Easiest path to Omaha they've ever had. I mean, look at it. They have Virginia in their way, Oklahoma, I Coastal, think, I think, and Duke. I think, I mean, East Carolina, they have familiarity with Coastal. They can be Coastal. They have familiarity with Duke. They can be Duke. They have familiarity with Wilmington. They can beat, I mean, Wilmington beat them this year, but these are all teams that Coastal's not looking at the other side of the dugout like, wow, that's a giant. Like, Texas yeah. coming into town, like, whoa, that's Texas. Or, I mean, who was the year before? Who Vanderbilt. Did they Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. They ran into a buzzsaw with Vandy. So it's not like a giant that's going to be sitting in the other side of the dugout. Like, you, when you see Coastal, you still feel like you're the bigger school. I know East Carolina thinks they're the bigger school than Coastal. And I'm telling you, it matters. The mentality of that matters. They are like, the when bigger you see school. Texas in the earth, you're like, whoa, this is Texas. Like, they're really, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think East Carolina has a great draw, but I also at the same time think Virginia got a super easy draw. Uh, okay, that, that's a Can fair argument. That? Yeah, that's a fair argument. Yeah, that's fair. I, I disagree with it. And the, the one point that I was trying to make, or that I did, what I guess you, it did make. What do you disagree make, with? I, I think this Virginia regional is going to end up being tough. Army is the four seed. Oklahoma, they get to just let it all out. They they did it last year. They have experience. And yeah, but Oklahoma with a really they had a really oh good I know team. they were much better last year, but still at the end of the day, it doesn't like they're playing on free money right now. They were eleven and thirteen in the Big Twelve. Come on, man. This is I mean this Oklahoma team lost two out of three to Cal Baptist to open the year. They lost one to Ryder. They lost to Ohio State. Um, they lost to Wichita. They took two out of three from TCU when TCU was playing like shit, by the way. Got swept by Kansas State. Um, split with Stanford, which is nice. Um, Four-game series, though. Um, lost the series to Baylor. Lost the series to Texas Tech. I mean, like then they won a series against Texas. Uh, but they have really bad losses. I know, I know. I'm not saying – I'm, I'm not saying Oklahoma – I'm not saying Oklahoma – is going to win this regional. I think Virginia will win it. The main point I wanted to hit on was ECU. I know you're not hosting a regional and the fans, I'm sure the jungle is devastated because they always put on a really good regional there, but this is your best shot to get to Omaha that you've had probably ever, even as a two seed. You look at these teams and you're like, well, we can beat all of these teams. And with all that said, let's move on to, to Vanderbilt's regional. So we have the six overall seed Vanderbilt hosting Eastern Illinois winners of the OVC. And they get the Pac-12 tournament champs, Oregon, as the two seed. And then the Big East champs, Xavier, as the three seed. I think Xavier made it. Wasn't Xavier in the Vanderbilt regional maybe in like 2016 they were in 2017? The final. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, I think that might have been the year that Vanderbilt's pitcher passed away in that like tragic accident remember wasn't that the same year yep. donnie uh donnie everett yeah donnie everett yeah so they bandy was struggling i mean they had some a lot of emotional things they had to yeah that was tough times um but this honestly this i mean this side of the bracket is way easier than the other side i mean 100 percent 
three straight regional that we're questioning how easy they are. Like, yeah. Band, I mean, Oregon is good, but they're not that good. Santa Barbara swept their asses in, in Eugene. Mm-hmm. How does um, Lipscomb not go to this regional? They're in Nashville. 100% should be here. Eastern Illinois should be in Clemson. Yeah, or wherever. Like Eastern Illinois is not as good as Lipscomb. Not even close. Not even close. And and I mean, that's what we were talking about. This Tulane. Tulane was smack Eastern Illinois. Yeah. Tulane was smack Ryder. Tulane was smack Central Connecticut. Like, and it's, so it's like, it's really, it's like, yeah, Tulane had 19 wins, but they would probably smack most of these teams in the Northeast. Yeah. Small schools. But I think, anyway. um, but at the end of the day, like Xavier's, I, I think Xavier's better than what I was giving them credit for all year. Watched them in the Big East tournament. They, uh, they're good. Like they're a good team. And and I think I don't know if they'll win this regional. In fact, I don't think they will. I think Vanderbilt should steamroll through this regional. But you look at it, Oregon's playing really good baseball right now, and I think that's an Omaha caliber team. How they're playing, they Oregon won the Pac-12 tournament, and earlier in the year they were a top, probably a top twenty team in the country, and looking to host a regional. Were they were they top twenty at any point this year? Yeah, I mean, we had him as a re- – or at least I had him as a regional host probably in March. I don't remember. I don't remember. This, I mean, the past couple of weeks have been kind of a blur. But, yeah, Andy should run away with this regional too. I think Xavier will beat Oregon on Friday night. Ooh, I don't know. I think I think, I think think this Xavier team is good. Um, so, but I, I, I don't think Oregon is not good is what I'm saying. I just think this regional could be – really go Bandy's way. Yeah. So this Vanderbilt regional is matched up with the Oklahoma state Stillwater regional and the supers Oklahoma state regionals are always the best to watch. Great broadcast, beautiful stadium, a lot of firepower, a lot of homers, a lot of bombs being there uh, hit there. And do you think this one got some firepower? Uh, yeah. Oklahoma state is on upset alert against oral Roberts. Oral Roberts is they probably obey stadium. They dude, and they're this is the best team they've had in a long, 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 long time. Um, so or- Oral Roberts is the four seed. Everybody saw this coming. Everybody knew that if if Oklahoma State hosts a regional, Oral Roberts would be the four seed. And honestly, I think they're better than a lot of the three seeds. Yeah, like they're better than Charlotte. I think they're better than Xavier. I think they're better than Samford. Um, who else am I missing here? They're better than Army. They're better than oh oh three C. Sorry, they could be up there with UNC Wilmington. I think if Oral Roberts and Arizona played, I think it would be like Oral Roberts would be the favorite against Wilmington. I think they would be. They should be the favorite. I said Arizona, but yeah, Wilmington too. I, I don't know. I think Oral Roberts is a sneaky four seed to get to a super regional. Washington is the three seed, and then Dallas Baptist is the two seed. This might be the best overall regional as far as talent-wise goes. This one's up in the air because I don't think Oklahoma State's that much better than Dallas Baptist or Washington. I think Oral Roberts is probably very similar to Dallas Baptist. Washington has shown signs of being great this year. I think this one's the most wide-open regional. Anybody can win it. DBU, also another fringe host. Washington was super hot to end the year um, mm-hmm. for the last couple of weeks of the regular season. 
They can hit. They can really swing it. DBU can swing it. Oral Roberts can play on all phases of the game. Yeah. And I really don't even think this is the Oklahoma strongest team, Oklahoma State's strongest team in the past couple of years. No, yeah, not even. I don't think it's close. So this this region is wide open. I and I really like all three of them. I like DBU. I like Washington, and I like Oral Roberts. Mm-hmm. So coming Wednesday to make our pick, I got a lot of I got a lot of work to do to figure out that one. Yeah, another one right below it here. This the Indiana State regional, I think, is wide open too. Indiana State's hosting they number nine RPI team. They did everything the committee wants them to do. They schedule really hard out of conference and then win your conference, win your conference tournament. And they deserve, I think at the end of the day, they deserve to host a regional. I know that their quad one wins weren't there. Um, so be it, whatever. Metrics wise, other than that, I think they deserve to be it. Plus they had a member on the committee. Their <coughs> Indiana State's AD is on the committee. No way they're not giving them a regional. So they're the 14 seed here. And they get the best four seed in the tournament, and that's Wright State. Wright State, I think, is if you had if I had to put a bet down on a four seed to reach Omaha, it would be Wright State. Over the, Oral Roberts? Yes, over Oral Roberts. I don't know, man. I don't think I don't think this Wright State team is as good as last year or the year before. I Ever. think I think they're I think this might be the best Wright State team. Really, I think yeah. 2021 Rice State was number one, maybe this year two, and last year three. Even last year, team was really good, really good against a strong Virginia Tech team, if you remember. No, I remember that. I thought last oh. year's team wasn't Here's as good. My, did you already say the two and three seed? Yeah, no, but Iowa is the two seed, North Carolina <laughs> I have, as a three. I have something to say about this. Why the hell is Maryland and Winston-Salem as the Big Ten champ, mm-hmm. the Big Ten tournament champ, in a much tougher draw, and Iowa gets fucking Indiana State? Why? How did that make sense? Committee members and geographically is the only two explanations. Makes no – I mean, the difference between Iowa going to Indiana State and Maryland going to Indiana State can't be much different. I mean, it's, it's a lot closer for Iowa. Is it, though? I think so. Let me look up on the map because I I don't think it's that much different. Um, let's see here. Here how Indiana pretty. Um, let's see. I think it's north of Indianapolis, right? Terra Terra Hill. I have no idea, dude. I think Terra Hill is north of Indiana. Let me see. No, it's west, not north. West. Okay. Um, it's so much closer to Iowa, dude. Um, yeah, honestly, dude, it's not, so, dude, honestly, yes, it not is. really. It's so much closer. Do you want me to do the actual direction? Here we go. Terre Haute, College Park, Maryland. We're going to find out exactly. Okay. To Terre Haute, to College Park. 667 miles. Remember that. Now. All right. I got Terre Haute to Iowa City. Iowa City. I got it right here. 331. Half as close. Damn it, man. Damn it, man. Damn it. All right. Well, either way, I don't care about the geographical location. You no know, reason Maryland should be at the number one national seed, Wake Forest Regional, why Iowa gets to go to Indiana State. No reason for that. Right. And we, there is just breaking news that Vance Honeycutt for North Carolina is out for the regionals. 
He's probably going to be the top three pick next year in the draft. Um, Iowa gets Brady, Brody Brecht game one against North Carolina without Vance. I don't Honeycutt. think Brody Brecht goes game one. Why? I don't know. I think I. I think Brody. I Brecht think he absolutely has to. I mean, I mean, depending on their, how their rotation's been the last couple of weeks. <coughs> I mean, I guess we'll Brody see. Brody Brecht hasn't started. Hasn't been always Friday. He hasn't been starting Friday every time. I know, but at the same time, you got to throw him game yeah, one. But He's uh, your best. Either way, I think this is the. I think that this is the regional with the three seed has the highest chance to win. I, I agree. I think North I said Carolina. It earlier, but I changed my mind. I think North Carolina has the best chance of all three seeds to win their regional. Yeah, because I mean, in the, in my opinion, you could flip flop Iowa, and North Carolina. One, like two, one's a two seed, one's a three seed. They're pretty even, I think, is across the board. And the thing with me is. Whoever wins that game should be favorites game two over either Wright State or Indiana State. I, I, I really do think Wright State could easily be. Do you think do you think we're sleeping big time on Indiana State? I'm really probably I'm, yeah. I'm super underestimating this team. But what they did this year is really good. But here's a here's a fact. And actually it's more of an opinion. But in my head, it's a fact. Usually teams that aren't used to hosting regionals. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of stress, a lot of uh, anxiety. Yeah, I mean, usually when you see a team that's not used to hosting a regional, host it for the first time, they underperform severely because there's a lot of pressure. And and there's a lot of things you have, as a coaching staff, as an athletic administrator, as a player, that you have to go through to make sure that the regional is prepared. And sometimes you lose out on, like, baseball, you know, focusing on baseball itself. So – I think this is a – I don't think Indiana State gets out of this regional. I really don't. Which is why I'm scared. To, I But but I'm going to stick to my guns here. Same exact scenario as the Statesboro Regional last year. Texas Tech within the final against Notre Dame. And I yeah. think it's going to be a UNC-Iowa final in this regional as well. Yeah. No, listen, the, the, the longer this regional goes – the less chance Indiana State has. Like Indiana State's best chance is to go three and zero. You go three and zero. You're, you're. I think that's the only way they win it. I, I'm just worried though. I think we might be sleeping on Indiana State too much. But maybe they don't have they don't have any star power. Like like usually when a mid major like this, and I really like them, they have either a like if let's just say Brody Breck with I Indiana State Friday night, yeah. flame throwing just phenom. Then I would be like, okay, this team get at least some sort of star power, but I don't really think this Indiana State team has much star power to really convince me. Yeah, right. I mean, that's a good point. And uh, so this super regional matchup is with the Fayetteville, Arkansas regional. Arkansas as the three overall seed, and I think they kind of got screwed here because Santa Clara overall, I think a really good four seed. Yeah, like Santa Clara is a re- like Santa Clara should have been sent to a 16, 15, 14, 13 regional somewhere in there. Cause I think they're a top four, four seed. And then uh, you get TCU who just won the big 12 tournament. TCU has been a hot or cold team all year. Like when they're going good, they're elite. When they're going bad, they're, they're pretty bad. And then you get Arizona last team in and they have nothing to lose. This is, this might as well be Ole Miss 2.0. Shouldn't be in the tournament, but now that they're in and they have the star power, they got the veteran guys. I'm jealous of the Bomb Walker faithful of the Hog Pendagon. 
And too bad Chase Davis is a lefty because he will be sending some moonshots into the hog pen. But oh. they get to watch a really good ball player. Um, mm -hmm. Great regional, honestly. TCU is hot. Arkansas, the really one of the my favorite team fundamentally. Um, Hagen, they can pitch it. They can play defense. And they can score manufacture runs when they need a manufacture run. Yeah. Um, Santa Clara, I'm telling you. I mean, this Santa Clara team, listen, split a four-game series with Washington this year. Beat UC San Diego, who ended up winning the Big West title this year. Mm -hmm. uh, they beat Stanford. Um, they beat Santa Barbara. They lost two out of three to Washington State, but got one on the road. They beat Cal, smoked them, lost Stanford 20 to 17. Stanford scored five runs, I mean, uh, four runs in the ninth. Um, and they swept, I mean, Gonzaga sucks, but like they have, this is a good Santa Clara team. I saw where they, they outscored their opponents in the uh, conference, the West Coast Conference Tournament, something like 70 to 8 or something. 19 to 5, 36 to 8, 44 to 8. 44 to 8, that's what it was. 44 to 8 in, in a conference tournament in Vegas where the ball's flying. They have a really good pitching staff. And I, I saw where Mason McCray tweeted, I think it was Mason McCray. It was one of the college baseball like uh, stats people tweeted that they have like stuff wise on the mound, like some of the best in the country. So Ooh, I, I want to go, I want to go check that out. <laughs> probably going to be a low scoring game one. If, if I had to imagine with, I with need to find that Mason McCray tweet because I, I, I think I, it was him. I mean, who else would it be? Uh, there's a couple other ones. Um, but um, anyways, while you're yeah. looking that up, because I know he, he probably has no, a No, I'm not looking it up right now. I'm talking about later. Oh, okay, later. Okay, let's go ahead and do our Patreon questions. We're about an hour and a half into this thing. This first one comes from Drew. Uh, which four seed do you think can upset a number one seed? Uh, Wright State, Oral Roberts, Army. Hey, don't sleep on Santa Clara. We just talked about them. I just don't know if they'll go into it. Come on, Ben. When you think of upsets, it's not an upset you would think of. It's like a shocking upset. In Arkansas, everybody expects them to win. This would be a shocking upset. So, And then Arkansas could easily come back and win that regional through the loser's bracket. Like That's the kind of team that they are. Um, I don't so see them going into Arkansas. I mean, they might be shell-shocked at the environment that they're about to walk into Friday hey, night. What about, hey, what about this? Ryder against Coastal. Yeah, I could see it. Coastal has to hit. Like and they don't have forget, to. Ryder already split with Duke in the midweek. Yeah. Three weeks ago. Um I think my top three though, Army over Virginia, um, and then Wright State over Indiana State and Oral Roberts over upset. Oklahoma. I mean it is an upset, but that's not like shocking. Like that's not a bold hot take kind of upset. Hey, mm -hmm. do you think Twitter would explode if Tulane beat LSU Friday night? Yeah, <laughs> it would, yeah, it would explode. It would be, un, it would be literally unbearable because LSU fans would be defending themselves to the grave. Mm -hmm. But honestly, they probably would turn on LSU. Say this is the worst loss in school history. Mm -hmm. This team sucked. We were so good. Like you know, what I, mean? I could totally see it. Everybody in the SEC just absolutely clowning on LSU. Yeah, and Tulane's kind of been everybody's like fan favorite right now. Uh huh. They've everybody, got a little, got a little it, mojo behind them. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Hey, what about what about a team like Penn over Auburn? Nope. I don't think Penn's that good. Okay, fair enough. Just a question. The Ivy League usually underperforms 
a lot in the tournament. In the postseason, yeah. Hey, I won't be surprised. I'm not going to – and I, this is this is just me being a fan. Fans know how it is. You're always critical of your team. Maine mm-hmm. beating Miami, I wouldn't be surprised. I would. I'd be surprised. I'd just be like, dude, again, yet again. But <laughs> that's just me being a fan, a little different. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I think Oral Roberts over Oklahoma State, Rice State, and um, – hey, what about Lipscomb? No, I think Clemson's just rolling right now. If they were, if it was anybody else but Clemson, I'd say Lipscomb. But nobody's beating Clemson. Central right Connecticut, now. South Carolina. You remember? No shot. You remember when Binghamton went down there and beat them? Yeah, I know. That was I what? Know. What was that? Like 2014? It was my first Liberty, year of college. Liberty, Liberty within that regional with Binghamton. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. All right. Next question here is who do you? This one's from D Love too. Who do y'all think has the toughest road to Omaha as a top 16 team? Uh, let me double Carolina. check. I think it's probably South Carolina. I think I, I would say Kentucky. Why? South Carolina's got to go through Campbell, NC State, and then they got to go through Gainesville. Yeah, but Kentucky has Ball State, Indiana State, West Virginia, LSU, and Oregon State to get to Omaha. I think those are very similar. I think, yeah, you can go either one there. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that are like. Yep, I think that's, that's, that's pretty tough. Um, yeah. All right, next question here is from Matt Perkins. It's, uh, what do you think of the postseason format change I've seen D1 Baseball and others bring up? So you eliminate the regionals in favor of weekend series. Round one, 32 hosts. Three-game series, round two, 16 hosts, three-game series, round three, eight hosts, three-game series, identical to Supers we have today. So basically make the tournament one extra week, and it's Super Regional format all the way through. I don't know. I would have to see it done first. I don't know if I like that. I just love the way the regionals are structured. I love the four teams on one side. I saw someone say, yeah, I saw someone say 32 three-game series. No shot, dude. Give me regional every time. Yeah. Um, because the product, you people are mad about the product and stuff. The product is what it is because of regional. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. And this one is from Justin Anderson. As a neutral fan, which regional would be the most entertaining to attend? Most entertaining. entertaining. Shoot, I man. I'm, I might I say... Columbia entertaining. I'd say Clemson. What? I think Clemson with Lipscomb, Charlotte, Tennessee. Favorite favorite one. Or maybe, honestly, I I really do like the Wake Forest regional too. Yeah. Wake Forest is a good one. Clemson Clemson or South Carolina, I think, are my favorite. For me, maybe, maybe Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm thinking Oklahoma State and Clemson for me. Those would be the two I'd like to go to. All right, next one here is from Josh Hill. What odds do you give ECU to advance? Which regionals are you going to? Um, we already talked about this. Yeah, I like I like ECU's odds to advance. So if, if they get past the regional, like I think they could. I've already said you it. Really get to Omaha. I think this could be their best chance to get to Omaha. Um, which regional are, y- are y'all going to? I might be going to Coastal, but I I love going to regionals. I did it my whole life until we started 11.7 um, because, you know, I used to love going to Rice or Houston or wherever to 
to a regional, a Texas. I went to a Texas regional once. For us now, like with 11.7, two-man crew, just you and me, I like sitting back on Twitter, social media, watching four screens, watching squeeze play with Mike Rooney and and seeing all the action up close. Like Not up close, sorry, not up close, but on my TV. I like the convenience of watching multiple games at once and sitting on my couch and tweeting. That's what I like to do now. So I might not go to the Coastal Regional just because I want to see everything. I want to see everything that's going on in, in real time. I will be going to the Rome Regional. Yeah, Maybe the, I'll think about the Milan Regional, but Rome, I want to see a couple <laughs> games in Coliseum. Yeah, with you being in Italy, you're probably not going to any of them there. I, I think um, the, I think the, Colise- the regional at the Coliseum is going to be electric. It'd be sold out in a heartbeat. The Gladiator should win it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see here. We got some Discord channel questions now. Where did they go? Here they are. Uh, this one's from C Crowder thirteen. My first question is, how the hell did Auburn get seated above Alabama? We've already talked about it. I, I, I think that's wrong. I think Alabama should absolutely be seated ahead of Alabama or of, of Auburn, but that is what it like, is. Like, pick one. Is head-to-head relevant or is it not relevant? Is RPI relevant or not relevant? Because Alabama clears in both of them. Both of them, yep. Um, same thing. He kind of asked the same question about uh, – oh, actually, no, he didn't. What do you guys think about maybe doing eight East regionals, four Middle regionals, and four West Coast regionals? Or something along those lines. I think it'd be really helped. It would really help grow the game if some of these smaller schools from the Northeast or West Coast were able to host regionals. When right now they basically have to go undefeated to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe that's a maybe that's a way to solve the problem. Just have it actually regionally based and just try to get everybody in America involved versus just the Southeast. But right now, it's an arms race, and the Southeast is winning. Like better facilities, more fans kind of have to just go where the money's at right now in my opinion do not change regional don't touch anything about them keep it the way to keep everything the same just adjust and improve the team selection process that's it yeah imagine the outrage if it was only like eight south regionals and then like that's four, stupid. No, don't people, change people would be so pissed about that um next one here is from fishing for locks do y'all think Chase Davis is a large factor to why Arizona is getting in? Is it possible the committee witnessed how many clicks um, and interaction his cargo-esque pimp job on Saturday got and felt that they wanted one of college baseball stars in the tournament? I, I don't know. I mean, I maybe. Think, I think there's a human bias element for sure. I mean, as far as talent goes, I think Chase Davis is top three in college baseball. Pure Dude, talent. Take away his pretty swing, you wouldn't think the same. No, I mean, I've seen his advanced metrics, dude. He doesn't swing at pitches out of the zone. I mean, he's really good. He barrels balls up. Help. Yeah, I mean, this. I mean, possibly they could have said, like, hey, Chase Davis is could be potentially, like, a face of the MLB draft this year. Let's get him in the tournament, maybe, but I doubt it. I really think it just – Arizona got in because their RPI was low. That's all they looked at. Um. All right, let's see here. Okay, this one's from Matt. I think it's from Matt Perkins again. Um, he said, I think they should reseed after regionals. Say Bama and Wake both advance, but like a four seed or Roberts advances as well. Wake Wake has the right to pass on Bama and play Oral Roberts. So I, I, he's, he's basically saying, like, do you think we should reseed after regionals? 
your feed is your feed. I don't think you should change. I it. see what he's saying. I mean, it's it's definitely like an advanced thinking concept of like if Wake Forest advances and Alabama advances, but a four seed advances, the four seed shouldn't play against like Kentucky in the super if it was matched up. Like maybe give it to Wake Forest, number one overall seed. I, I mean, I, I like the idea, but at the same time, there would be so many people being like, well, we're a two seed and they're a two seed and we're better than them, but we get to play at LSU and not wherever. Like, they w- it would just create a lot of drama. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, sorry, my phone just went down. Uh I can't, I can't, there's people like commenting now, so I can't see all the questions. Hmm. I don't think there's any, oh, who could be the old Miss of this season? This is from C. Loring, um, Arizona, NC State. Who else could be like the old Miss of this season? Three seed that got in, uh, Louisiana, maybe. Just goes on a run, hot. I'd say Arizona is probably the, the easy answer here. Sorry, what? Who could be the old miss of the season? What? Who could be no. the old miss? Who could be the old miss of the season? I mean, the cliche answer is Arizona, but Their last team in, they're a really talented team, bad year. It's a very cliche answer, but um, Tennessee, maybe? Yeah, it goes on a run. Figure it out, dude. Watch out. I don't know, man. I I think Ole Miss last year was like. Carolina? Maybe. The injury, uh, that that honeycut news doesn't help. Um, The only other team I can really think of, maybe A&M. AM is not a bad answer. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's weird. It's hard to answer that question without picking an SEC team or a last team in. Yeah. I hope I'm not missing any other questions. It's just kind of hard to scroll through here on the Discord. Um, I think that's pretty much it as far as the show goes. Do you have any closing thoughts for the listeners, Dimitri? Anything else that's coming to your mind now that we've talked about all of the uh, selections and, and um, teams in the tournament? Not so much. I mean, I really – there's just some really good matchups. Um, Miami and Texas, two of the most storied program, postseason programs in college baseball history, are back in the same regional. That's fun. Um, Fullerton gets a rematch with Stanford. I think they can compete with them if they play well. Um Tulane, most losses, 40 losses, the most losses by a postseason team ever. Um, I mean, they're, they're a cool storyline. But other than that, no, I don't really have much else. Um, we'll make our full picks, and we'll probably have more data, more information to share with you guys as we do our research these next couple of days. Honestly, the next day, because Wednesday um, we will do another episode, preview the weekend. We'll have all the gambling lined out. We'll uh, – kind of see who's getting the juice, who's not, where the juice is, where the, the value is, all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, that's all I have for today. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll end on that here. 
like Dimitri said, Wednesday will be the show where we make all of our picks. We'll fill out a whole bracket. Um, D1 Baseball does that bracket challenge, I think. I think they're doing it this year. And uh, we'll, we'll fill in our, each of our brackets there. Um, and other than that, man, I really appreciate everybody's support. We finally got to 50,000 on Twitter, which is a huge accomplishment of ours. We never thought we would even reach it this year. We were at like low 30,000s to start the year. So appreciate all the new listeners, all the new Twitter followers, um, all of our Patreon members, people in our Discord channel, people that have bought merch. I mean, everybody, like this season has been great. It's really helped us take the next step in 11.7. And, uh, you know, after this season, we're going to be excited to explore some off-season opportunities as well. So um, you guys just buckle up, man. We're almost to regional play, which is the best time of the year, in my opinion. And we want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your picks. If you tweeted us right now, we're probably not going to see it because our notifications, uh, like it, you can't, you refresh and there's 10 more that pop up. So it's been hard to look at interactions on Twitter um, at this time just because of the amount of uh, people tweeting at us. So anyways, like, like I said, so happy to finish the regular season, finish the conference tournaments, but there's still a whole nother season left. We got regional, super regional college world series coming up. Y'all stay with us and uh, really appreciate everybody for listening. We'll see you on Wednesday. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. Uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Oh, my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. Arkansas. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just bare and walks it off with a grand slam. Titanic with a blast again. <laughs> Melendez doesn't get cheated.